Chargers general manager Tom Telesco sat down for his pre-draft press conference on Tuesday and talked about trading up and trading down in the upcoming draft. And he also said he thinks it's probably unrealistic for the Chargers to move up in round one because they're missing their second round pick. Or maybe it's all a smokescreen. You are locked on Chargers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show, and thank you for making us your first listen today. And as always, to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. And on today's show, we're going to be getting into general manager Tom Telesco opening up as much as someone like Tom Telesco opens up in the pre-draft process where he has very little to gain and almost everything to lose when he steps up there as far as strategically as he approaches this draft that the Chargers absolutely have to get right. So we're going to talk about what his comments were because even though he says a little, sometimes you can read between the lines and at least try to pretend you can get into the mind of Tom Telesco. And he talked about him saying unrealistic that the Chargers trade up. Is that a smokescreen? Or maybe they trade up at a different point of the draft, but not having that second round pick is definitely an important part of that. We're also going to talk about the plan for the offensive line. He says they have some contingencies in-house and out-of-house, and they also signed a utility depth offensive lineman in Will Clapp that we'll talk about a little bit in segment two, and then wrap up the show with his comments on Jerry Tillery's fifth-year option and also Kenneth Murray being out through OTAs. And one reporter bringing a little heat to Tom Telesco for one of his poorer draft classes. We'll talk about his reaction to that as well. But today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners. Get $50 off of $500. Just use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. So, David, Tom Telesco spoke, and there's one thing we always reference with Tom Telesco, especially during this time of the year. It's tight-lipped Tom, right? He's not going to say anything. He's going to speak in riddles. Uh, Somebody brought up on Twitter a quote that he had, you know, saying like, I like to tell the truth. I'm a Catholic or something along those lines. (laughs) Maybe he does like to tell the truth, but it's really more of just what he's leaving now probably than what is actually, you know, what he's actually saying. But one of the interesting things he did say, though, was talking about trading up in this draft. He first of all said like multiple times now at this point, he feels like they'll be able to get someone there. He doesn't think that they'll have to move. At least that's what he's saying at this point. And I understand that. And that's what you'd want to say if you wanted people to think that you're good with staying there, right? And you can kind of take it or leave it. They offer for them to trade up with someone else potentially, right? That's all in play because it is smokescreen season, David. But also with the Cleo Mack trade, trading that second round pick does make it a lot harder because if you do want to jump up a substantial amount in the first round, it could cost a second round pick depending on how far you're trying to move up. But it doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly what it costs. It doesn't mean they're absolutely out of it there, David. So I think even though he's saying it's unrealistic, I'm still not going to totally rule it out. Yeah, I mean, how, how can you? I mean, <laughs> that's the whole point of Tom Telesco's responses and, and all, of, all of these questions that he's being peppered with in this press conference is you, you kind of just get bits and pieces. I mean, he's... Well, but it's peppered with a logical point too, right? Cause sure. it's like the second round pick is very logical, but it's like, but I also can't trust you. <laughs> yeah. No, no question about it. You definitely can't because you know, if one thing we know about Tom Telesco during his tenure is that you don't know what Tom Telesco is thinking until 
he does what he does. And I mean, that is valuable from a personnel, like, you know, decision maker standpoint, because you don't want to show your cards, especially in front of, uh, you know, before the draft, you don't want to give anybody out there any indication on what you are trying to do. But thinking about this logically, pragmatically, the Chargers really don't have the draft capital this year to be able to make any kind of significant trade up. So that would mean that they would probably have to dip into next year's draft capital. And we're talking probably early on first or second round picks. And, you know, obviously this Khalil Mack trade withstanding, they don't really like to deal their early picks. So I I think with this specific situation, Daniel, I do think the likelihood of them trading up in this year's draft, especially in the first round, I think is very, very low. Yeah, I, I think you're right, too. And I mean, I think it seems likely or obviously because that's all he's ever done. He's only right. traded up. He's never traded back. That's never been an option for him. But we have seen a move up for someone like Melvin Gordon or even Manti Tao or J- Jeremiah Tauchu or most recently Kenneth Murray. Right. So they haven't all worked out always. I mean, you could argue that maybe none of those guys you should have moved up for. Right. But the one thing about Tom Telesco, too, is the intel he's getting and, you know, knowing where guys are going to go and thinking he does. That's what he said he spends a lot of time doing right now. He's trying to figure it out. And last year when you get Rashawn Slater at 13, it's like, seems like he knew. He didn't try to trade up. He didn't get, you know, anxious or anything like Better that. Than I mean, me. Same I thing with Justin Herbert, too. And, I, and it's a little funny, too, like when I hear people say, like, the reporters and stuff, because I'm kind of just waiting for him to, like, drop the, yeah, you know, you could say that. But, like, also, what did everyone think about Justin Herbert before I waited and drafted him sixth overall, right? You know what I mean? Just, like, <laughs> right? drop the just totally dunk on him because it's like, Ooh. yeah, it's like, okay, well, I mean, you know, you still could have let Justin Herbert get taken by the Dolphins or, you know, or any of those other teams. But like yeah. at the same time, when you have that in your back pocket, it definitely carries a certain amount of cachet. Obviously. Ultimate trump card. Absolutely. Literally almost untradeable player is what he no, drafted. So absolutely. it's going to buy you some leeway. But he did talk about trading down. He said, we're always open to it, even though they've never actually done it. It's certainly something that you have to look at. It's an option every year, and it'd certainly be an option this year. A lot of it comes down to who is on the board at that point. How far back do you want to go? How many players do you have left at that spot? There are a lot of benefits of moving down. You can pick up an extra pick. You may be able to pick up an upgraded pick, and you have to kind of weigh who's there when you're making those decisions, basically, is what he was saying. But the thing is, David, as well, is he also said, you know, you have to know who's there and who's there could change it. And he obviously feels like there's going to be some good players there. Yeah. But he also said like, Hey, we're probably not going to get a second round pick. Like the, right. the, um, the, for as far back as you'd have to drop back in the first round to get a second round pick makes it very, very unlikely that you're going to recoup that. But still, I mean, especially with what the situation looks like at 17, there's obvious benefits. You would hope that even though he's never done it, he'd be open to it in the right situation. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I think and he is open to it. I mean, I think the one thing um, even an extra third round pick would be great, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Add another top 100 pick, please. I mean, the the Chargers have a lot of different things that they need help with. And obviously your biggest and best options for being able to attack that is those higher draft picks, those top 100 picks. But what I was going to say is Tom Telesco did say, you know, you don't really talk about trades, you know, too much before the draft, but you do call to try to set things up potentially. And I think a lot of that could be, you know, situationally based as far as trading back is concerned. It's like, hey, if, you know, any of these guys that we have on ranked on our board is not available there, you know, what do you, what, you know, what are your thoughts on potentially, you know, being a dance partner on trading back? So I think those are the kind of calls that, that you field and, I think this year, um, you know, he's made it pretty clear that 
he thinks there's a very good chance that there's going to be a player there at 17 that they're going to want to say or want to pick. But again, obviously he would say that too, because he doesn't want to tell anybody what is on his mind and how his board is actually situated. One thing he did let slip a little bit though, is that he only really has 17 to 18 players with first round grades on them. So, you know, as far as trading back or trading back, there's only, you know, so far that you can trade back to where you feel like you're going to get the value for the player that you're trying to select. Great point. Honestly. I mean, I think that's the thing is just, you know, how many of those 18 to 20 players that he has in his first round grades, you know, are, are you willing to move back for, right? You know, if there's five guys there that you still have first round grades on at that point, because the first part of the draft is so wild and quarterbacks are also going to be a big part of that. He said, yeah, it'd also be nice if four quarterbacks got drafted before we draft. Unlikely, but right. Exactly. But like even that David, right. That's a great thing to say in smokescreen season when you want people to think you're perfectly cool with staying because now when he does pick up that phone and people say, Hey, we want pick 17. He's like, you know, but I only have 18 first round players. So like, am I going to be able to get one of those guys if I trade back with you at 20 or 25, whatever the pick is. Right. So it's all a big game and you never know. This is the cat and mouse that always happens in draft season. And Tom Telesco is known for having one of the better poker faces around the league, at least as Indeed. far as, you know, I've heard of it. You know, other guys that seem to be a little bit more forthright, Tom Telesco is going to say as all. little as he possibly can. But he did talk about the offensive line and some of the options that they could go with there. And they did add an offensive lineman in Will Clapp, who has some ties to the Chargers current coaching staff. So we'll talk about that great social media name too, right? That is something that is going to get a lot of play and already has gotten a lot of play on Twitter. So we're going to talk about his plans for the offensive line coming up right after this. But I think what you want is just, you know, for Tom Telesco, if he can get the first round perfect again, trading up or trading down, it's going to take this team to where it needs to go, or at least be a big step in that right direction. But if you're looking for the perfect piece of jewelry to make the special moment that you want to for your significant other or your mother with Mother's Day coming up, the only place to go is BlueNile.com. At Blue Nile, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece at all the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. BlueNile.com is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create the perfect engagement ring, something I definitely know a lot about. And Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when they're sourcing the diamonds and their jewelry. They also have expert advice. 24-7, that includes 30-day returns. The price guarantee you on Blue Nile is you contact Blue Nile to compare competitors' diamonds against one of theirs. In most cases, they can meet or beat that price. And right now, guys, Mother's Day is right around the corner. So this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry at from BlueNile.com and Locked On Chargers listeners. Get $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day, so make sure you guys get in on it now. Use the promo code locked on all caps one word. That's promo code locked on. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. All right, David. Well, we talked about what Tom Telesco had to say as far as moving in the draft. And I think this year it feels like we've talked about moving up and moving down more than we potentially have in other drafts. Or maybe it just seems like that because it's always. Something, especially when you're right in the middle, right? You're it's good, always fun, though. It's always fun to talk about trades. Well, and I think when you're in the middle, right, if you're the number one overall pick, like I don't think anyone wants to trade Jacksonville for the number one overall pick because there's no consensus dude there right now, right. right? And there's no consensus good quarterbacks that teams would obviously want to trade up to secure those services because 
the one thing with quarterbacks specifically is you get that fifth year option, right? Is when you right. have you hit on that pick, you want them as long as possible. So I think that's obviously a big thing for people. But that's more trading from the second round, getting back into the first round. You'd have to give up a lot to get to the second round to the Chargers pick at 17. But one of the things that Tom Telesco was asked about during his press conference was the offensive line. And I thought it was interesting what he had to say about it. He said, a little bit like free agency, you can only bring in what's going to be available. Same thing with the draft. You can only draft what's available. We're certainly not going to force anything. So I think with that, David, what I'm hoping that means is we're not going to take a right tackle just to take a right tackle. And I mean, he could be kind of assuming in that situation that Trevor Penning's gone. It's hard to know specifically. But when something like that is said, it makes me think, okay, well, they're not just going to take Trevor Penning, right, or someone like that hypothetically just because they have a need at right tackle. Obviously, that sounds good. You always want to say best player available. But in this yeah. scenario, that's what I'm hoping it means. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that, you know, there's a couple of guys in the first round that you feel like are home runs, at, le- at least at, at the offensive tackle position. Or but Zion then, Johnson. <laughs> right. Or, or yeah. Z- yeah, Zion Johnson, obviously, and on the interior. You know, everyone who listens to this show should know that we are all for Zion Johnson. That would be an awesome pick. But, you know, I think on the other side of the token here with Trevor Penning, I think this kind of alludes to that specifically is just that, you know, hey, he's available. I mean, he has the nasty mean streak, but he's not really a first, you know, he's he's, he's just not there yet. You know, he, he has some, some distinct issues that really need to be cleaned up for him to be successful at the next level. So I, I hope that that is, you know, the thought process with the Chargers is you don't say automatically, oh, man, Storm Norton had 60 pressures and, and nine sacks that he gave right. up last year. I got to get somebody no matter who it is, it's got to be at 17. You can't have that mentality. And I, I think when you hear Tom Telesco speak, I, I don't think that he does. He's always very cognizant of, you know, looking at the value right now, but also projecting what that player is going to be for you later on down the road. And more importantly, he hasn't drafted very many good offensive linemen. So I think that that's is another true. tough thing. You definitely <laughs> don't want him, you know, reaching for maybe a suspect prospect. That's why the Ooh. Zion Johnson thing is so alluring is just because like the dude's gonna be good i think dan yes. brugor had just had him on one of his most likely players to be pro bowlers as a rookie like that's how good that dude is and if you just know you're getting a good offensive lineman out of that that's just such an uh sign me up man enticing up. offer to you know decline and he might not even be there with all the hype surrounding him. all these guys we talk about just get so much hype and then they're not options anymore and it's sad and if you wonder why we talk about offensive linemen so much, just go ahead and ask Philip Rivers what his offensive lines were like when he was playing for the Chargers, okay? Or Andrew Luck before he retired, or Russell Wilson before he wanted to get traded to the Broncos, and look at the mess we're in now, right? Because Seattle wouldn't address their offensive line, now we have Russell Wilson in the division. So thanks a lot, Broncos. But thanks a lot, Seahawks, I should say. You know, and you know we've seen it happen too many times, including with Philip Rivers. But when he talked about what they were doing and kind of where they felt like they had needs, because he was asked specifically, I think it was Gilbert Manzano was asking about, you know, hey, are you planning on bringing guys in on the right side of the line? Because that's yeah. where the obvious holes are at this point. Yeah. And what he said was, we had different plans in-house, different plans looking forward. If it wasn't from in-house, we'll kind of see how it plays out. And that sounds confusing as hell. So what I'll say to that is, He's basically saying like, hey, there's, you know, different things it seems like we could do with the guys we have right now than potentially, you know, the plan that you saw play out last year. Or maybe that in-house plan is like Trey Pipkins and Storm Storm Narn at right tackle and Brendan Hyman is at right guard and they feel like it's good. We're hoping not, but it also could mean moving, you know, Matt Fire to right tackle. And then Daniel Popper from The Athletic actually 
said that he found that the out-of-house options that the Chargers had on the offensive line was potentially bringing back Odeyabushi. But I do think at this point, David, though, with what the Chargers have in draft capital, if they want to wait and take a guard in the middle rounds and that's the direction they go and they want to put Matt Filer at right tackle or they want to bring back Odeyabushi, like there's a good chance we feel a lot better, I think, about the offensive line after the draft, after we kind of see how it all plays out, even if they don't necessarily take a tackle with the 17th overall pick. Well, I mean, the only thing we can really say, you know, concretely is that they have at least entertained the notion of moving Matt Filer out to right tackle. I mean, they've said that. Yeah, positional flex. Right. You know, they they haven't really said that about anybody else. So I I think you can kind of read in between the lines and say that that's kind of what they're, you know, they're they're talking about there. They're not going to be forced to, you know, be able to have to select any particular type of player or position because they have that ace in the hole with Matt Filer and his ability to play right tackle at a very high level, which he had already illustrated in his NFL career. But Odea Bushi, I think is the natural person here. As far as the out of house options, Daniel, I mean, he's a guy that's been familiar. He's not going to cost a lot coming off of an injury. Um, and I feel like, you know, they're trying to kind of wait and see what happens in the draft to determine if they have to make that move or not. I, I feel like personally, just bring him back anyway. I mean, you know, it's not going to cost you a lot of money. And I feel like if he is able to go out there and play, uh, I think it just improves your offensive line unit. And I'm all for adding dudes that are going to improve that all important position group. When you just have no idea what to expect from Brendan Hymas at this point, because last year, what you saw was that the Chargers weren't comfortable putting him in there yeah, you know, throughout him. the entire season. So I think the one thing that I think we did learn today, at least about the offensive line that could change things a little bit in the draft is they went out and signed offensive lineman Will Clapp, who going to admit I hadn't heard of, you know, before the Chargers signed him today, nor really should I, because didn't play very much with the Saints, but was there for four seasons and now is coming to the Chargers on a deal. But I think, David, obviously one thing from this that we can see is that this is going to be a depth piece for the Chargers. Absolutely. Will Clapp here, a a former pupil of the new Chargers offensive line coach, Brendan Nugent from the New Orleans Saints. Will Clapp only played 35 games and he only started seven of them. Okay, he's a former seventh round pick. He does have some experience playing guard and playing center, um, but he is definitely brought in to add depth. He is uh, probably not going to be, you know, in the running for a starting position. Um, this is a depth signing. I mean, you, you and the Chargers needed to do this. They needed to to bring in more bodies, and obviously the connections have been a theme throughout this offseason, so it makes sense that Brandon Nugent would probably advocate for a guy that he has a, already a, a relationship with and understands how he plays the game. Absolutely, and I, I like the signing because this is a, in, probably in response to the Chargers' letting go of Scott Questenberry, right? So now you have yeah. a backup to Corey Lindsay, who needed a backup for a game yeah. last season. Obviously, this season isn't going to have the COVID restrictions, so right. if he stays healthy, it won't happen again. But we were talking before the show, this lessens the need to feel like you have to take a developmental center in this upcoming draft that's like the future center, right? Because right. Lindsay has four more seasons on his contract. If you can find somebody for cheap that's going to give you some versatile depth on the inside that's also up to, you know, in the know on the playbook, having played in a similar system before, and having coaches who are able to kind of, you know, give him the credibility that you would need for someone like this. As a seventh-round pick, good for him, you know, being able to sign a second contract for sure. But, I mean, Will Clapp, it's going to be so funny to hear everything that comes along with that name. 
And I, I think it is nice because at least it gives you it, it basically is insurance that you'll never have a Senio Kelamete situation again, right? You'll have somebody who knows the system and can come in and film. I don't ever want to hear that name again, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so f- just to give some examples, he gave up 27 pressures and 301 pass blocking snaps in his four seasons so far. It's not a lot of snaps, obviously. Right. And it's kind of a lot of pressures. But at the same time, you think about Kelamete giving up double digits in one game in which he had like maybe 50 pass blocking snaps. Not terrible, right? Not good. Right. Just a death piece, a classic backup piece but i am excited to see all the will clap jokes that we get to hear but i can tell you one thing i will clap as many built bars that are ever put in front of me because built bars are my favorite protein bar and right now i have huge news on the built bar front because not only can you get the built bars the classic protein bars that taste like a candy bar with great flavors on them not only can you get the built bar puffs david where you're getting the first ever protein infused marshmallow with great flavors like cinnamon churro you can now get the built granola bars and i'm a big granola bar guy and right now built bar has granola bars the built granola bars that you can get in peanut butter flavor you can get in white chocolate berry flavor i'm a big white chocolate guy you can also get i think chocolate coconut is another one of the flavors too but i am all in and built i am patiently waiting for my box to come in the mail i can't wait to check these ones out they also have mixed boxes where you get to try everything you get to try all the different flavors and you will find one that you like i can promise you that And, you know, David, the best part of it is it's going to fit on pretty much every diet because most bars have 130 calories or less. Most bars also have, you know, less than four grams of sugar and less than four grams of carbs. And those are the big things I know people are trying to look out for these days while being packed with 17 grams of protein. So check out the Built Bars and the new Built Granola Bars. Get them while they're hot before they sell out because that sounds delicious. And I'm going to might have to just buy some before my package even arrives. I'm just assuming a package is going to arrive at my house. Wishful thinking, but you guys can save some money on Built Bars. If you go to Built.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 since you listen to this show, and you can save 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I realized that my transition game was a little lacking, so I had to I had to bring it hard with Will Clap right there. So definitely something that i had to get back to but david we have to get back to tom telesco's press conference and talk about what he had to say about jerry tillery which i totally forgot to tease in the last segment so jerry tillery's fifth year option was something that tom telesco was asked about and it's a tricky question david because obviously he's been underwhelming to this point in his career and with a fifth year option you have to make that decision before you get to see the fourth year out of their player so when you have a guy like jerry tillery who has been maybe a little bit more slowly developed right at this point in his career hasn't gotten to the the heights where you think that he should be. It's tough because like, you'd love to know you'd love to sign it after the season, but it's also going to be like $9 million. And I think one of the one thing we saw in this off season, you know, it's somewhere around there. The one thing we saw in this off season is the top of the line defensive tackles in this draft or this free agency class. were going for about $10 million. And a lot of those guys are at least an average, you know, annual average value. A lot of those guys are about the same age as Jerry Tillery is going to be, David, when they end up needing to sign that contract. So I think the biggest question is just now, now that they have Sebastian Joseph Day, now that they have Austin Johnson, you know, and they have, you know, some rotational pieces, but maybe not anything, any stars, I would say, at that position. Do you think it's less likely now that Telesco picks up that option? Yeah, I, I think it's it's pretty safe to, 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 to discern here that with the moves that the Chargers have made to address the defensive line, you know, with those two guys in particular and just some of the depth that they've acquired that I think it is a lot less likely that the Chargers would pick up 
that fifth year option, especially because, hey, just because they don't pick up that option does not mean it precludes them from signing him to an extension if he comes out and, and plays all world football. Not saying that that's going to happen because, you know, unfortunately with Jerry Tillery, we've only seen some flashy plays in spurts. That's just that's that's what it's been for him. The lack of consistency has been the biggest question that he has yet to answer in his NFL career. So until he is able to show that on a consistent basis, right, I don't think the Chargers uh, right now uh, are in a position to where they feel like they have to pick up his fifth year option. One, he and Kenneth Murray kind of have not like similar stories, but like I think the same probably excuses, right? Or reasoning is probably made for both of them because Jerry Tillery came in with a shoulder injury. Both of them did, right? And had to kind of rehab that going into their rookie season. Didn't get a true offseason and, you know, got off to a slow start and didn't get a ton of snaps that first year. And then the second year, he was getting played at edge rusher for a decent portion of the season, kind of out of nowhere. Maybe that stunted his growth a little bit. And then last year, he was obviously transitioning to. Brandon Staley's defense, and even though I'm a, an underwhelming season for sure, but his best season by far, yeah. right? And I think that's the tough thing about the Chargers interior defensive line unit in general is just like you still don't have a pass rusher, yeah, right? And may, pass maybe yeah. at least there's he easily has the most proven pass rushing out of any of your interior defensive linemen. And obviously we're talking about this dude as someone who is disappointed so far in this career. Yeah. So how happy can you really be about that? We will, as the decision comes closer, talk about what we would do on that fifth-year option. Maybe you've listened to the show enough to hear you feel like you know, but the only way to find out is to actually listen because you don't know. So <laughs> make sure you guys check back in with that. But we do have to talk about Kenneth Murray because one thing that I did get talked about was Kenneth Murray's ankle surgery, which would not be elaborated on. He would not open up on anything more than that. <laughs> uh, basically, he said, you know, you hope your players don't have to get surgery, but it got to a point with him where trying to heal it you know, naturally was not working. Then they had to give him surgery. But he did say that as far as when to expect him back. I don't expect them back during OTAs, he said. So we'll have to go from there. So OTAs goes through June 9th, as me and David looked at before the show. So that means he's going to be out at least through the beginning of June more than likely. And I think the hard thing is, David, especially with how. What's the right word? Discreet, I guess, the Chargers have been with their injuries and been opening up about that kind of stuff. I mean, we've seen so many injuries where, you know, we never have a clear understanding of how long the player is going to be out or anything like that. So I think that's probably the floor is the end of OTAs. But it just seems like now it's at a point where it's like, okay, well, it's just, just going to be another reason, you know, another part of him not being able to live up to those first round expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's a built-in excuse, right? I mean, I think that's the only way you can look at it. But, I mean, after so long, how many excuses can there be afforded, right? How many can you actually put out there before you have to say a spade is a spade? I mean, this might be just what Kenneth Murray is going to be. And obviously, we don't we don't hope for that. We, don't, we, we want to see a, a healthy Kenneth Murray go out there and play his best football and tear the house down and be – you know, an absolute menace as a linebacker and go out there and smack people. But unfortunately, we haven't seen that. And so I think that at this point in time, Kenneth Murray, this is the biggest year for him. Uh, This is the absolute biggest season of of his career. So hopefully he is able to come back healthy and really show what he is capable of doing. Because, yes, the excuses are plentiful. And there, you know, there are some good reasons behind reasoning behind those. But I think there comes a point in time, Daniel, where it's put up or shut up. 
It is, right? And obviously last year, it's like you kind of have to throw it away because supposedly he was dealing with the ankle all season, right? So you're supposed right. to just disregard it. His first season, he said he never felt comfortable in Gus Bradley's system. But, like, it's so – of course you want him to be better, right? And you right. want to believe that with his athletic ability that he can get to, you know, be used usefully on the Chargers defense. We just haven't seen it. And then that's the hardest thing is just banking on someone taking that big of a step because, like – he was by far the worst linebacker in the NFL last year as far as average depth of tackle, how far down the field he was making tackles because the instincts in the reads weren't there and the reaction yeah. wasn't there. And that's the yep. things that would worry me the most. Obviously, physically, you wanted to be out there, and if your ankle is hurt, it can definitely take a step away from you. Oh, yeah. But with every counting injury and everything that all of these you know things that are adding up like it just seems less and less likely as much as you want to hope hey Brandon Staley can figure it out with this dude but I would say I mean it doesn't seem like someone being out through OTAs would necessitate the Chargers you know if they're basing it just on his injury adding a linebacker having it much higher up in the draft than they already do I think more of it is just like how much do they believe in him to the point where they may feel like they don't need to add more to that position that, I think, is the more concerning of the questions. But one of the things I did want to talk about was Tom Telesco getting, not scolded, right, but having a bad draft class kind of brought back up to him uh, by Joe Reedy of the Associated Press. He was asked about the 2018 draft class because now there's only one player from that class that's still on the team. It's Derwin James, which, obviously, that's a very nice player <laughs> to have on your team, right? Like, that's a, yeah. you could have dunked on with that one. It's like, yeah, well, I guess, Joe, the rest of the guys – didn't end up with the Chargers still, but I did end up with Derwin James. So what do you have to say about that? Right. <laughs> no, but Joe, Joe Reed did a very delicate job of asking, you know, like, hey, do you think that holds up to the league standards? Having none of those guys sign a second contract, basically as a team that wants to promote from within and re-sign your own guys. And this is what Tom Twice got to say, and he answered it like this. Well, if you take that one year, I think it would be. Yeah, I think you got to hopefully look at a little bit more of a broad base than that. But you're right. I mean, you're right. It just seems that the players we hit on, we don't really think about. And the players we miss on, I'm talking about us. The players we miss on, we just trying to figure out, hey, where did we miss? It's a pretty big process of going through what went wrong. And he said, obviously, they would like to have hit on more in the draft process, certainly. But that's just the way it is. It's not easy drafting players. Yeah, that's true. It is not. And it is all, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard. It is all a crapshoot at one point. But a very fair question, David, because when you're not re-signing any of those players, right, and you want to be that team, that is something that you kind of have to answer for. And it didn't seem to work out in those places, but I do think right now, more than ever in the Tom Telesco era, I have faith that at least it seems like he's evolving. At least it seems like Brandon Staley's input has been a very positive influence on the way he's approaching some of these things, maybe with a few exceptions, not knowing the conversations that are going on behind the scenes about, you know, potential first round picks, getting more play time. And if there's any kind of pressure of that nature, we don't know about. But at the same time, I do think there is faith, David, that Tom Telesco is actually getting better at this. He is learning from the process of drafting bad players, and that can help him have one of his best seasons so far in the draft coming up on Thursday. Well, he's going to have 10 opportunities to change our mind, Daniel. This have... is coming from the guy that wrote 8,000 words on criticizing basically every drive class he ever had. So, Right. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's going to have 10 stabs at it, but there is no question that he was absolutely defensive about that question. And oh, you, yeah. don't, you don't really see that response a whole lot. He got it Tom together Telesco. quickly. Yeah, yeah, he got it together quickly, but he, he let a little bit of that show. Oh, yeah. It definitely, it's it's done. It's done. I had a perfect bit. reenactment. That's exactly how I said it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. But I mean, hey, Tom Telesco, this is your job, man. You know, this is one of the biggest aspects of 
what how you are going to be evaluated. It's wins, obviously, you know, championships and you know, you know, division titles and your draft classes, right? Like that's that's your job. And unfortunately, you know, your high end talent. I mean, hey, you have a lot of feathers in your cap as far as first round picks are concerned. No but question. the other two are indisputably bad, right? Because, I mean, you can point to some draft t- talent that the Chargers have brought in, especially on the top end. You drafted yeah. Joey Bosa. You drafted yeah. Keenan Allen. You drafted yeah. Mike Williams and Derwin James and Rashawn Slater and all of these really good players. Justin Herbert. But you can't point to the success on the football field at all for Tom Telesco, and that's the tough right. thing because it's like how many division titles has Tom Telesco won in his nine seasons? Right. Zero. So, <laughs> it rhymes with hero. Yeah, it doesn't really like one. I mean, that that's not good enough. It's two playoff appearances. It's two playoff wins with Philip Rivers, right? Zero appearances in the two years with Justin Herbert, which is I'm not, you know, putting. And you selecting Justin Herbert is going to get you a little (laughs) bit more time, right? It already has in the seat for sure. But I mean, now, now if you don't win, like you you don't get another coach, Tom. Like this is right. You you know, I mean, you would think so. Yeah, yeah, you would hope. Like this is the end of the line. It now it's got to turn into results. It's got to turn into wins titles and championships it does it has to happen it has to and and that's the thing though is just like and if you're a chargers fan you have to hope i mean you perfectly able to be critical of tom tolesco and you should be for some of the picks that he's made but at the same time like you don't want to be the team that keeps turning that position over right you want to find the combo of the coach and the gm and keep that together as long as possible and as long as some of these storied franchises around the nfl and the mostly successful franchises have done it yeah. It's not with a ton of turnover. It's finding the right combination of guys. And if Tom Telesco can suddenly become that guy with Brandon Staley, that's the best case scenario. Because I believe in Brandon Staley as a coach. And Tom Telesco has a chance to make me believe in Tom Telesco as a, not just a first-round drafter, but a, you know somebody who's going to hit on some more picks than that in the upcoming draft. And he has a chance to do it. We'll see how it all turns out. And we'll have to obviously wait a while to see how these picks end up playing out. But we don't have to wait a while to see who they will pick because the draft is coming up on Thursday night. We will have a show on Thursday night for you. But we also have tomorrow's show, guys, where we're going to be making our final predictions on the Chargers' first-round picks. So that would be, yeah, I mean, that has to be on the show tomorrow, and we'll talk about what else we think could happen on Thursday night and how we're feeling about the draft on the final show before the big draft in Las Vegas. I'm excited about that. Make sure you guys check in and to make sure you don't miss it. Make sure you go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from because you'll be getting an early show. The Friday show is going to be coming out on Thursday night, and you'll also probably get a bonus Saturday show as well for you guys after the Chargers pick on day two. We're really excited to do some bonus content for you guys this week in the offseason. We appreciate everyone who's checking it out, and you can also make sure you don't miss it by following all of our social media. You can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and you can also find the show's page at LockdownLAC. You can also hit us up on our at LockedOnChargers Instagram page and our Locked On Chargers Facebook page, too, where you can call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. Super excited to hear your guys' reactions to the draft picks. Make sure to call into 323-524-7924 to get your voicemail on the show. But that is going to do it for today's show. It's right around the corner, guys. We're getting so close to the draft, so make sure you're back here tomorrow to get into our final predictions on the big day tomorrow. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.